What's up, everyone? This is Angelo coming at you with episode 235 of Spinning Thoughts. Our special guest is Telly Smith from The Word Alive. And wow, they have got a lot of things going on. They just released a brand new single, Nocturnal Future, and it was the debut release on Thriller Records. You may remember that the band has been on Fearless Records for some time, then they were independent, and now this is the new era of The Word Alive. Telly and I talk all about that with Thriller, the new single. They're on tour right now with From Ashes to New. And then at the end of the conversation, I play a little game with Telly and I ask him what he would rather have as a gift during the holiday season. One of the questions very well may be if he would rather have Taylor Swift tickets or tickets to see My Chemical Romance. You got to wait until the end to find out what the answer is. If you like this kind of content, make sure you give it a like that you're subscribed on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. We're on all social media at Spin Thoughts, and our website is thespinningthoughts.com. Without waiting any further, because this is a healthy conversation, let's dive into things here with Telly Smith from The Word Alive. I am excited for my guest here in episode 235. His band just dropped a new single, Nocturnal Future, recently signed with Thriller Records, and is on tour currently with From Ashes to New. We have Telly Smith from The Word Alive. Telly, welcome to Spinning Thoughts. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I am thrilled. I am a fan. I told you that off the air, and I'll say it in front of everybody right now. <laughs> Love the new single. We're going to talk about so much here today from Nocturnal Future, being on tour with From Ashes to New. We've got a little game at the end because it is the holiday time frame here. So I'm really yeah. looking forward to this, and I want to thank you so much. I think that today is a day off for the band, isn't it? Yeah, we are off. We're in Madison, Wisconsin, but we're like in the outskirts somewhere. There's, I think, four people staying at our hotel. <laughs> so I'm, I'm in... Uh, I'm in a wing of the, the hotel trying to uh, get the best Wi-Fi. Well, so far, so good. And I want to say this out loud for everybody listening. I mean, I get that tour is a grind, and these off days are rare. And so I just want to thank you so much for dedicating the time that we're going to have here today to talk. I really understand that it can be a mental and physical grind. So thank you so much for dedicating this with me. Yeah, no problem. So, as I mentioned earlier, The Word Alive just released a brand new single on November the 17th via Thriller Records. This, to my knowledge, is the debut on Thriller, and we'll dive into some questions around the label in a minute. But right out the gate, talk to me about how you felt leading up to the release of Nocturnal Future and how you're feeling now that the song has been out for a couple weeks and fans have been able to listen to it seemingly on repeat um yeah i mean it's been a long time coming um to start off i think <clears throat> for me a, a part of this record began the day that lockdowns happened <laughs> yeah. um because it an it kind of ended our album cycle with monomania right after it began. I, I think, you know, once it started settling in that this was going to be a long process, um, I just realized that we weren't going to get a normal album cycle with monomania. And, um, you know, as things progress and lingered on, um, you know, all the internal thoughts and communication, you know, began to, 
swirl about like you know what's the future of the band like how long does this go on how you know what can we do to continue the band if um you know we can't tour for who knows how long um and that was kind of what started you know the conversations for us to um just seek um the option to to move with the tide so you know due to our contract with fearless um who i, I you know i love so many people who have worked there from day one to, to are still working there now uh, we have a great relationship i love that label um a lot of the bands on it are my friends um but because of the contract and so many unknowns and then just we just put an album out that essentially kind of got shelved by the world you know for us it was it was about having the option to do whatever the word alive needed to do to survive to continue on so we actually um you know ended up leaving early from our contract um and i respect fearless so much for allowing us to do that because um you know we were just like look we we've given you guys i think at that point it was 12 years um wow. and um and we were like who knows when things are going to come back if they are but um we don't want to feel like we can't make music or put out music even if it's just online or whatever the case may be um due to our contract and so thankfully we just worked out uh, an easy agreement and we we uh moved on and then you know we had dropped wonderland um but that was kind of like a b-side leftover from monomania um and it was the only song we had mostly written and done we just had to finish a couple of things so we just tightened that up and then we dropped that and we had our cover of um, part of me by incubus that we had made just for fun um back in i think it was 2018 maybe 2017 or 2018 and um and we decided to just release that because we're fans of the band we love that song incubus is one of the most influential influential bands um that exist in rock i think even like metal people love incubus people love yeah. pop music love incubus they're just a really cool and a uh, very inventive band so we were like let's drop these um but throughout you know the early parts of those conversations it began to be clear to me that we were never going to get the shot with monomania that i feel like the record deserved but that we would want so the only thing you can do is just try to top it and try to start working on the next album so that that's kind of just what happened for me and so nocturnal future it being a song that came out first it was i would say when did it start being written it was one of the last songs being written um or the last i, I shouldn't say songs last writing sessions um as it pertained to the previous um full lineup so we had started writing that uh, well i had started writing the song when matt and to uh, tony were still in the band i'm oh, sorry there's a bug in here <laughs> um get away from me yeah come on uh, bug. yeah it's not listening to me very well <laughs> um and you know i sent them the song they were super stoked on it um but it was already at that point where we were kind of having 
the conversations of, you know, moving different directions and um, I could just feel like it was happening. So I just kind of just kept writing and I was like, whoever needs to communicate whatever they need to, whenever they do, like, this is a safe place. <laughs> and um, so when those conversations started to happen about um, Tony and Matt leaving the band, it wasn't even a shock to to us or anybody um, because it had already been kind of existing for a while. And um, so our, our big conversation was like, we're brothers. We love, we love each other um, outside of the word alive. It's like, we all know each other's uh, partners, sisters, brothers, parents, grandparents. Like we've, we've been through it all. Um, especially me, Tony and Zach being in the band together for 12 years at this time. Um, so it was just like, of course we want you to chase whatever it is you want to. Like we, we only have this one life that we know of. So, um, it was super easy, but at that point, what we basically did was we had a couple songs we had been working on, um, in that close time. And we pretty much scrapped almost an entire record's worth of songs oh, damn. and just, just started over. And so Nocturnal Future had what you hear is the chorus and the breakdown pretty much were written. Um, I, I wrote that separate from the band. And then once they had departed, then I came back to it and ended up finishing it um, about a month later. And so that then that song took like, I'd say like four or five revisions. And just the good thing about where we were as a band was we had time on our side for the first time. You know, there was no rush. We had no rules. We had no like label deadlines or anything like that. So we were like, look, we can take as much time as we need. And so that's kind of the mentality I had from the moment that those guys left was, I'm going to slow down. I'm going to throw away anything that I don't feel was like necessarily written for the future of the word alive and um, just kind of honed in the vision and what I feel the word alive needed to do as a band, both creatively and just like as a group of guys who love playing live music, like I want to go in a room and I want to be able to write songs that feel good to play live. And so this being the first one out the gate, a lot of the reason for it being that way is because I knew it would be something that from the opening notes, people would be like, okay, all right. You know, it's, and, and that's what it is. It's just like a, it's, it's like knocking on the window, you know, and getting someone's attention. I think this song is like letting people know that you can expect the unexpected and maybe, you know, some, nostalgic flair from the band you know on this record but all in all i wanted to take everything we've done from day one till now everything we've done that we love and that our fans love and try to put that into the whole album and so i feel nocturnal future was a great start at just show showing that look you know we we have a lot of different diversity within our discography and i love that about our band um, and we're going to show that for sure on this record, but right out the gate, it's just like, look, this part of our band isn't, isn't going anywhere. I, I love that description and it seems super relatable because whether you're in a band or 
in a nine to five or whatever it is, so many people had plans, you know, whenever COVID hit and when the world locked down and so many of those plans have changed and people have had to pivot and, and, and go into different facets of life and nocturnal future. When I first heard it and even upon multiple re-listens, like, I feel like it is a turning point. Like I, it sounds like it's, it is looking toward the future. It, it, it feels optimistic and hopeful to an extent. Um, and, and obviously, like you said, it ha- kind of has that nostalgic flair to it. Like it definitely has the word alive vibe to it, um, with the melodies and the dirty vocals and all of that. So I, I love this song, uh, as, as a means to kind of move forward with as the band. And I, I certainly feel that I, I'm kind of curious though. It seems like this song, as we're saying, it kind of has straddled um, some pivotal times here. And time is super elusive now, it feels, anymore um, mm-hmm. since COVID. Uh, talk to me a little bit about the recording process, if you don't mind. I always find it super intriguing. Um, bands being in the studio, I, I, I just think that so much magic can happen in there. And sometimes um, it's not just the band that, that's, that's leaning into this magic. There are other people involved. I'm just kind of curious, like what was what was the recording process like for Nocturnal Future? Was this recorded alongside other songs? You may have kind of alluded to it, but was this a standalone recording? Who outside of the band may have had an input on this? Like, is there any standout moments from the recording process? Like, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I might build it up a little bit that like there's like this crazy moment in the studio. Um, but I don't know, maybe there was, uh, talk to me a little bit about the process of laying this down and getting it to be the product that it is today. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, this, um, this song has a cool beginning. Um, you know, as I said, like after, you know, we had a lineup change, I really took it upon myself to kind of guide where the band was going for this record. And, um, for those who don't know, Zach had taken a year off. Um, and that wasn't, it wasn't like, Hey, I'm going to take 12 months off. It was, um, you know, a, a conversation he and I had that basically was like, I don't know if this is two weeks or two years, you know, but if it means that you're healthy and happy, then go do whatever you need to do for you first. And I basically told him, I was like, Motel 6, I was like, I'll keep the light on for you. Like, <laughs> um, and, and that's basically like what I did. You know, we hired some people to get us through the tours that we did have starting to come back. Um, and, you know, one of those people um, is one of the main producers of the record, Hiram Hernandez. And so me and Hiram had started to write. I had been working. I had done some songs with Eric Ron, um, one at the time with Matt Good. Um, throughout what will become the next album, we worked with the three of them um, as far as um, the, the producers on the record. And I want to say this is probably, Nocturnal Future is probably like the fourth or fifth song from working with them um, in total. But I was working so much on the studio and writing a bunch of songs um, and like writing lyrics constantly at home and doing voice notes and all these things that I was starting to have dreams about making songs because it was literally just like all I could think about. And, um, and so I had a dream about what you hear is the breakdown. Um, And so I took a voice note and then I went into the studio the next day with Hiram and 
we i was like i had this idea so i just had this one thing played what would become the breakdown section and then you know we always do like you know what do we call this song and he had kind of a tapestry that would be like you know hanging behind where i'm sitting now and it's just this like yellow orangish tapestry with a black sun and so that's where dark sun the dark sun reference came from interesting and we were just talking about life and this was like right at the time when there was a lot of talks about going to war and you know all the the things happening in russia and ukraine and you know i was going to i i would i would just be in these like intense writing sessions and then go to you know whether it's a, a grocery store or just go out in general and it was like n- nothing no one there's no like hey are we gonna do anything about the way the world is right now like it, it, it's kind of like you know frogs in the hot water it's it's, it's what it like kind of feels like is the temperature of culture in america where if it doesn't impact you it's not happening and um so i wrote this song about that and um we just built it off that and i feel like dark sun um which it's funny so uh i think rory from Dayseeker had posted um they had announced dark sun their album and i texted him and i'm like what are the odds um because our it was originally called dark sun and he was like there can definitely be two dark suns in the world and i was like i i was like absolutely not because i knew what their i knew what their record was about and i you know it was like a lot of the records about the loss of his father and i'm like i don't want i want your your dark son to live in its own place in people's minds and hearts separate from you know this one song and so when i was trying to think of what to rename it um nocturnal future came to light because I kind of feel like that's it also says the same thing as dark sun but in a different way and it's just kind of like we're moving towards this dark future where if we don't change things i think it's going to get worse before it gets better and so that it's kind of what the song is and and you you did catch there is hopefulness in the song um it's more like the hopefulness that there's still time and but the acknowledgement that shit sucks right now (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and time keeps on moving. So sometimes, um, you know, you got to make sure that you're keeping up with it. It's good to take time for yourself and to recalibrate, but yeah, um, there is hope. And I definitely catch that in this song for sure. Um, shifting gears just slightly, uh, nocturnal future has a visual element to it as well. There is a music video, uh, really enjoyed that. I'm also a big fan of the visual aspect for bands. I think that it's wildly important in the world that we're living in. People want to see what's going on. They want to attach um, lyrics and music to a visual. And I, I think the word alive does this quite well. Nocturnal future is certainly in that same vein. What I'm curious about, I'm not as um, privy to this, so hopefully you can inform me and my listeners here. What is the band's approach to this involvement in music videos is this something that like is there somebody in the band that is extremely involved in the visual aspect that is just wildly talented in this do you lean into somebody specifically like how do you guys go about taking something for example like nocturnal future that has these messages of hope and looking at the world that we're living in today how do you translate that into a visual element um 
um, you know, is it somebody in the band that's really leaning into this? Um, well, so for this one, this record as a whole, we've kind of just taken a different approach and, um, I, you know, I'm writing the majority of the songs, um, for the first time, which is a new thing for me. I've always, you know, help guide songs or I write some of the songs, but I've never been like the main writer and kind of, I guess, a guider of what the songs even are. Um, so for this one, I was like, look, I am not a video director. I am not great at these things, but I know what I like and I know what emotionally connects with me visually. So what um, our manager suggested I do was create a Pinterest board for this song and just kind of like mood board out like things, images that relate to me based off what the song is about, how it makes me feel. And he connected me with a um, music video director called Jake Johnson or named Jake Johnson. We had a meeting and at our first meeting, I knew he was the guy for it. We just, the, the conversation was so great, but part of the conversation was I didn't want to just shoot one video with one director and then be like looking for the next one. And basically we were pitching multiple videos at the same time. And so I had like this Pinterest board that I had sent him and he wrote a treatment basically for those of you who do not know, it's basically like a script. It's like, here's a kind of a visual example of what we're going for here. Here's a breakdown of scenes and so we just went over scene by scene together and I was like, this is really sick. I'm like, let's tweak this. And he just brought the song to life. Um, and as you'll see in, in next year, like there's, it's going to be a lot more connected song to song than we've ever had before. So it's something I've always wanted to do. I love film. I love, um, I like, like movies or TV shows that make you have to think. So like there's little Easter eggs in each video that you'll be able to like, be like, Oh, that's from this. And, and then the wheels will start spinning. So, um, spinning thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and like, that's the goal. It, it's like, I just, I didn't, I didn't want to just do us playing in a room. It's there's more to it than that. So I hope that after, you know, the, the second and the third videos come out and the fourth, whatever, um, it makes people just want to go back and, and see things they missed and pick up on kind of some underlying themes throughout the whole record. I don't know how you do all of these things, to be honest with you. When I say you, I mean you, but I also mean other people like you and bands and stuff. I mean, here you are writing songs, recording songs, performing songs live, getting behind or in front, I guess, of a camera and video shoots are are intense in my opinion i mean uh, you're doing the same thing a million times over and over again in different shots and and all this uh, my question here is uh, is there a particular element of the band that you like more than others live performance writing recording music videos like wh what is your favorite aspect of this if, if there is one um i would say like the writing and recording process because that feeling you have when you're like you feel like you're connecting with your ideas and it's actually sounding either the way you envisioned or even better than you could have ever hoped for i think that feeling is so unique and very special um obviously 
the best feeling in the world is to then in the future have those songs connect with an audience people be singing along people be screaming the words be you know moshing crowd surfing junk, whatever it is um that's like the next level that's like the cherry on top um but for me as a musician and artist if i if i just only had if i could just pick one thing like i would love to write and record music like for forever because that outlet is important to me it's how i speak my mind it's how i work through things that have happened to me it's kind of like a version of therapy as it is i think for a lot of artists in general whether you paint or draw or write um so for me it's that um the music video process normally is how you described it but for this one it wasn't and this is one of the reasons we went with jake um having a really strong um understanding of the goals and a shared vision um it was really easy we would go in and there's some behind the scenes photos we've posted throughout our socials but you can see like we would review a scene and if we got what we needed we just moved on and it and i don't think we shot any scene more than two or three times um but we were hyper focused each scene there was a lot of direction there was a lot of this is the goal of this scene there was a lot of communication going into it um but what people don't know is so we shot the music video on halloween and it was had to be turned in i think i want to say the first draft was done four days later wow um and you know to get all the back end stuff we were rushing basically when we decided on the release date for the the song um the marketing company which is third party hired through us and thriller were like everything that we need we needed two weeks ago and we're starting today <laughs> so uh, this is one thing that gave me just so much supreme confidence that we made the right decision going with thriller was everyone said okay how do we make up for two weeks of time and it was just all hands on deck everyone did whatever they had to and could to help um it was constant zoom calls conference calls texting facetiming going over things. it was like I would be at Jake's house working on edits while our manager, Tim, was calling me about some other thing, working on the new logo while the label was calling about this thing. It was, it was just nonstop and for about a little less than two weeks. And we did normally what we would do in six weeks and two weeks. And um, so we got it done. And even up until the moment when everything went live, we were just like, I can't believe that happened. <laughs> um, but it, it, we pulled it off. There were like some minor little things that most people probably didn't even catch, but we, we were just like, we have to make this happen. And we wanted to get it out before we went on tour. Um, so we, cause we knew we were playing the song um, and yeah, it just worked out great. So I'm, I'm looking forward to the new year because we aren't going to be rushing with everything. But in my opinion, like if this is how it came out with it being super rushed, I'm really excited for what we can do when we, we can take our time. I'm not one to press bands on talking about things that I just already know that they're not going to talk about. Um, so I'm just going <laughs> to ask you a very, this is like a yes or no question. Basically 
is 2023 going to be a massive year for the word alive? That's that's all I'm asking here. Um. Well, I know that I got an email while we're on Zoom right now that I think once I read it, it'll be a, a good uh, thing for Word Alive fans. But um, yeah, I mean, we have so many things next year. We, we start off the year with Heart Support Fest. Um, I know what our set list is already, and, it, and I think people are going to freak out. Um, it's also 15 years of the Word Alive. Um, oh, wow. so we're c- celebrating a, a huge milestone that Congratulations. You know, none of us thought we'd ever reach. Thank you. Yeah. Um, we will have a new album out next year. Um, and I feel this is every person, like we have people who have been like, I'm sorry, but I wasn't a fan of the word alive ever, or I didn't really like the band who are like, okay, this is like undoubtedly your best record. And it's just everyone has a different favorite song for different reasons. And it, it's just one of those, we have the most features we've ever had on a oh, record. Shit. Um, and they're really cool features. Um, some are going to be unexpected. And then some I think are ones that people have always hoped for. So I'm, I'm super excited for that. And I, I just think that the new renewed energy of the band, you know, sometimes people look at lineup changes as or a label change as this negative thing we looked at it as you it's like getting a promotion and you loved your boss and it's like yeah. well you, you you're, you're like you're sad but then you're also happy at the same time it's like i'm not happy or i'm not unhappy that the guys left because they're my friends and i want them to be happy um but also i don't want to be doing this when i'm giving a hundred percent with anyone who doesn't want to give a hundred percent back um because then it just makes you feel you know it's like being the one who is like more interested in the other you know it's the other person's like you know let's just slow things down and chill and you're like let's get married (laughs) you know um it for me like the word alive is is my it's my passion it's my baby it's what's been the forefront of my priority um, list for now almost 15 years. And so for me, I, it just like lit a fire in me that I was like, okay, this is a chance to hit the refresh button um, to start over and recognize the things that we've had missteps on, take accountability for the things that the band could have done better Um you know, and build a team that is based off of like friendship, communication, and and above all, passion for music. And so I think we've done that now. So for me, I'm just excited. And I, I feel the best I have in a long time. And I think, um, I think people are going to be really excited once they hear more and more songs. One of the reasons why I really wanted to talk to you and to support the word alive is because I feel like this energy, I feel like this resurgence. Um, and I do feel like 2023 is going to be quite the year for the word alive. I really enjoy nocturnal future. I cannot wait to hear more. 
And, uh, you know, I'm going to talk just briefly here about signing to Thriller Records. We work with Fearless Records a lot. It sounds like things were amicable, and I love that yeah. because sometimes you see and hear things. Um, it, it doesn't have to be that way. It, it certainly isn't a lifelong partnership, and I think that it's always amazing when bands can work with various people and bands and labels and management and press and all that. So um, I'm really excited for this new era with Thriller Records. What I want to ask about... Um, the whole connecting with them is basically when you were having these conversations with the label or whoever you talk to in these processes, what's like the biggest thing that you're, that you're looking for? I mean, like, is there like a particular, like this is the line in the sand or this is something that we absolutely need. Like what, what is it for you that either drew you to thriller or that they're going to provide for you or that you absolutely needed that they seemingly are going to provide? I mean, it's a great question. Um, so we had been independent and we basically said like, we're going to stay independent unless the right partner comes along. We had had um, a bunch of labels reach out and, with interest in signing us. Um, a couple, you know, went as far as sending like full blown contracts and like making hard pushes for the band. Um, the One of the biggest things if not the biggest thing was so the owner and founder of thriller is Bob Becker who owned and founded fearless. So Bob signed the word alive in 2008 and we had a great relationship. Um, we obviously built the band up and had some great success. Um, he, you know, the label went, was going in different directions and ended up selling to Concord. Um, so it just like changed things and Bob, you know, he retired. Um, you know, after a couple of years, I think he, he got that itch and, and just seeing, you know, this thing, I can envision it. It's like seeing this thing that he built, you know, not necessarily look the same. Um, I think he just felt that void, uh, like Bob, if, if it, for anyone who doesn't know him is super passionate about music, um, loves to connect with the artists, um, and I think he he's a perfect label owner because he's someone who I think he tries to understand how hard it is to be in a band. And he's definitely, I know of a lot of stories, I, I won't tell his, uh, his stories, but I know of a lot of times where he's gone way above and beyond for the people in bands on his label. And it was, and I'm not talking about just the ones that are the most successful, like just people on the label that he was like, they needed his help he he's there so i've always known you know bob to be someone who cares i was there on his 50th birthday wow. um you know I, I i've been we've just experienced so much of life together and i've known him pretty much my entire adult life almost um and so to be able to have someone who knows you, who knows what you've been through and no one knows more of the behind the scenes than he does. Um, you know, him coming in and being like, I want this record. I want the word alive. Um, and he didn't even have to hear the songs. I, I think he'd heard maybe some stuff through the grapevine, some friends probably sharing some things, but for the most part, he was just like, look, I trust it. I believe in it. And, um, and I, I want to do this and there's something to be said for unfinished business, um, and feeling like an underdog. And, um, I feel like that's what I've been my whole life. And 
So having someone who's willing to fight for you, um, who believes in you and cares about you as a person, um, all those things are why I was like, okay, you know what, let's do this. And so here we are. I love that. Um, I always feel like I can relate to some extent to the lyrics and to the music that your band puts out there. And one of my favorite things about doing this podcast thing and getting to talk to amazing artists like you is uh, you feel relatable just in conversation as well. It's it's all cyclical, and, and I really like that. And um, I'm really excited for this future with Thriller, and I appreciate all the insight that you've given thus far. I want to transition now to this tour that the word alive is main support on with uh, from ashes to new. It started on November the 18th. It goes through December the 17th. Um, mm-hmm. Briefly talk to me about um, any standout moments from this tour. Is there anything that has happened, whether it's on the stage, off the stage before, after anything that just kind of stands out as you're heading into the back stretch of this run? Well, uh, back backstage, most a, a lot of people have been sick the whole tour. It's oh, been shit. pretty brutal, but we we power through and we do what we can to uh, put on the best show. Um, I mean, on stage, we've just yeah, we've had some amazing. We've had some amazing. There's this woman at the hotel. She's like confused as to what I'm doing in a corner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hi, hi, um, yeah. Um, yeah, go listen to the word alive. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it on stage we've had some amazing moments because like I kind of mentioned before, like Monomania, the album cycle was cut short. So we're playing some songs off of it that we didn't know if we'd really get a chance to. And this this like late cycle tour for us, we were like, this is a perfect chance to kind of like give some of those songs some love that won't necessarily get love, you know, next year. Um and so we're playing uh one standout every night is the song thank you and um it's kind of funny because our old product manager and a good friend of mine jenny reader um before she left fearless she was she was there for very 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 early parts of monomania as it was being recorded and finished and she was like i love the song she ended up moving on from fearless before the record dropped and she was always like there's something about this song I'm telling everyone like this is this is one of the songs on the record and so I wanted to play it and getting to send her like the reaction of it was like a a cool thing because it was like you were right and it's been it's been going great every night um I think just in general like understanding that we are all the things people think we are not just one thing um and being able to showcase that um we really leaned into pretty much from like dark matter, violent noise, monomania, like for this one, whereas the last couple of tours, we went back further and we focused more heavily on life cycles because it turned 10 last or was it this year? Yeah. I'm talking about summer. Like it was last year. <laughs> if that tells you anything about this tour, yeah. um, winter tours feel like forever. It was, it was dark at like four twenty today, four thirty, yeah. And, um, but for me, like, it's just like being back on stage with Zach, having him out for the first time in a year, um, having just a good group of guys out. Uh, Daniel, oh, sorry, I have hair in my mouth now, too. <laughs> I, I'm in shambles. I'm in shambles right now. Um, Daniel Nelson, this is his uh, third tour with us. And this is his, I think, like, first official tour being an official member, technically. Um, 
love him, love his energy. He's an amazing drummer and an even better person. And then our friend uh, Jose Del Rio, who actually sings for the band Vagrants, um, is an incredible guitar player. And we had toured together back in 2018 or 19 the first time. We took them on their first tour. And so when he filled in, we were just like, look, this is like such a good fit. We'll just just keep riding it out with us. And it was kind of like one of those things where I think because the lineup changes and different things, like we're just like, let's let's date for a while, make sure it, it's good. <laughs> but we basically we basically said, like, you know, he's our our friend. It's like you will be the guitar player playing for us indefinitely as long as it's good for you and for us. So just to give like stability to like his life and ours, we didn't want to like lead him on or not give him the credit that it's due that he's an amazing musician that's it's so fun to play on stage with him and he, he's honestly the perfect fit so um we just have a great group we're having fun and and every show keeps getting better so the highlights are, are still coming but there's been a lot so far yeah and there's still time to check out the word alive on this run it goes until december the 17th uh telly how do you get prepared for any tour um whether it's this one or even a longer run there there's the mental and physical i don't know how much of a toll it takes on you i would assume it takes something um how do you get ready for it is there any preparation that you do is there any way that you kind of get all zen and things like that is there anything the band does uh, collectively as like a uh routine uh even before a show give me some insight in, into that I mean, these days we're pretty chill. Um, so for us, it's, we just hang. We get coffee in the morning. Um, we hang all day with each other. Like it's, we're always doing, whether it's just sitting at the hotel, like, you know, tonight, like we're going to go here in a little bit. Actually, I have one interview after this and then I go to oh, dinner. Oh, shit. But, you're stacking um, them up. Yeah, the off, the off day. We've had a lot and not a lot of off days. So I'm, it, yeah, if my voice sounds a little run down, it's tour plus uh, the off day grind. But like you said, like tour can be a grind. But for me, I love talking about music. I love talking with people who are passionate about a band. Like you taking time out, there's a million bands. So the opposite could be said of, you know, people like you who appreciate music and want to actually give your time and energy too so it's it's not just mine that uh you know we're we're utilizing here and so for me anytime when something comes through and i feel like okay this is this is something that i actually want to have a real conversation um then i try to always do those so um happy to but for us like yeah we set out things like on the off days we try to like relax and just like wind down we'll watch a movie um, and, and also give each other space. You know, uh, I think space is something you don't get often on tour. Um, but it's something that we desperately need. Um, as far as me getting ready for tour itself, I don't think too much about tour before it's happening because I have two modes, like when I'm home and when I'm on tour and I am thankful that I'm one of the people that I can just turn that switch on and be like, all right, now we're on tour. Now my life's like this. Um, I, I feel bad for the people who they get home from tour and they're like miserable until they're touring again or on tour and they're just homesick the whole time. Like I'm neither of those things. I get homesick. 
like any person would you know i i have my dog my girlfriend family friends back home um but for me i view this life as a gift and i view it like i i get to tour and i get to play shows and i get to sing these songs that mean a lot to me so i just view it as this is just a part of the process that enables me to continue to do this thing that i love um so i don't i don't get too extreme either way with it and before tour i pretty much i'm just i'm practicing the songs get ready for rehearsals rehearse and then i'm like all right let's go so pretty easy for me i love that and thank you for the kind words by the way um in terms of like just taking time out to talk to you i mean it's uh i don't hear that often i really appreciate you saying that and um, takes a village to to do this thing called the music industry. (laughs) It's the truth. It's the truth. I used to play in bands and it didn't work out. And that's why I lean into the podcast. So, you know, it it, it is what it is, but I, I thoroughly enjoy it. And, and seriously, thank you uh, for the kind words. So, um, this is, this is an exciting time for the word alive and we're rounding the corner to end 2022, which is asinine because I still feel like it could be like 2019 before COVID. Like everything is so fucked up anymore. Um, But here we are in December of 2022 going into 2023. So as we wind down this conversation in episode 235, Telly, I want to end on a little game. Uh, I don't even know if it's a game because there's no right or wrong answer. But um, uh, what I'm going to do here with you, uh, and I don't know if you're, are you somebody who likes to give or receive gifts or neither? Uh, I definitely would like to give. Um, I'm not good at receiving gifts and <laughs> as anyone who knows, like fans do bring me things. a lot of, I get a lot of gifts from my dog, which I'm like, those are easy to receive. Yeah. But when people are like giving us gift cards or Starbucks gift cards or like, Hey, here's this thing that I feel like, cause you're on tour. Like sometimes I'll get like throat coat and a bunch of like lozenges and people are like, I know it's hard in your voice on tour. So here I'm always like, I feel like I don't say anything. And that's not because I don't want to say anything. I'm just like, oh, thank you. <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't know what else to say. Yeah. But I am, I'm like super thankful, but I'm just, I am terrible at names <laughs> and I'm terrible at receiving gifts. <laughs> like those are two of the worst things for me. So, um, it, but I love, yeah, I love to give gifts, it, especially if it's something I know like someone needs or appreciates and I can, then uh, yeah, I love that. I know this is going to sound cliche, but I mean, you do give a gift, which is your music. And so it it's the gift that keeps on giving even more cliche, but it's the truth. <laughs> um, uh, so I think that that's amazing <clears throat> and you deserve any kind of uh, acknowledgement for that. So we're going to dive into a segment here uh, that I have titled and it is not clever whatsoever. I should have maybe asked you um, as the lyricist to help me with the title, but it is what would you rather have as a gift? this holiday season. So I've got like seven of these. We're just going to go through. You pick which one you would like. And and now we'll know for the rest of forever what you prefer. So um, I think I might know the answer to this first one, considering you've talked about your dog um, here in the last couple minutes. But would you rather as a gift, would you rather get a cat or a dog? Dog, for sure. What kind of dog do you have? Uh, French bulldog. Okay. What, uh, What what's the dog's name? Her name is Colby. Colby. C-O-L-B-Y. Her her full name is, well, it's it's very long, but her real name on her AKC, her portion of it is Colby Jack after cheese. (laughs) You're a fan of cheese. 
Yeah, yeah. Is that the top tier cheese, or is there another one that's above cold? No, it's it's just a classic that goes good with a lot of things. Okay, all right, I dig it. This makes me happy, so name my dog after it. You got you got to lean into what makes you happy. So (laughs) all right, so we're gonna go with a dog there. Next up is: Would you rather get a record player or a cassette tape player? A record player for sure. Do you do you collect vinyl? I have vinyl and a record player I had broke in a move and I never replaced it. So yeah, I need a record player. All right. So, I mean, if anybody's looking to give a gift to Telly this uh, holiday season, maybe <laughs> it's a record player. Um, this, this one's leaning into you being the vocalist here. Would you rather get a new mic or new in-ear monitors? And by the way, Telly, before you answer, I just got to say this out loud because I'm super excited. This sure SM7B I have wanted one of these for years. I finally got one. Your interview is my first time using this beautiful new microphone. Thank you. I appreciate that. So um, I'm breaking it in with you. Would you rather get a new mic or new in-ear monitors? So I just got new in-ear monitors before this tour um, (laughs) because it had been 10 years that I've been using my old ones. Wow. And that's I took care of them so they lasted, but they were starting to go out, and I was having issues on the last tour, so it was like a, a necessity. Um, so I would go with a new microphone. Okay, is there a particular microphone you prefer? Um, so I want to have it's basically a hybrid mic. Um, Maddie from Mem- Memphis Made Fire also yeah. uses it. It is essentially a Telefunken body with a Shure um, capsule. And it's the only way that Telefunken can, can be wireless. Um, it's a weird thing, but uh, yeah, I want one of those, but it's very expensive. So I'm, yeah, right. that's another one I put on the Santa's list. There we go. Well, I think you've been pretty good this year. So hopefully Santa hooks <laughs> it up for you. I try. Next up, would you rather get a PlayStation 5, an Xbox Series X, or a Nintendo Switch? Um, You know what? I, me, if it was only me being affected, would take the PS5 because I'm a PlayStation guy, but everyone in the band but me has a Switch and they're always playing with each other and talking about it and I'm the only one who does it. Oh, that's kind of sad. They like play Pokemon all the time with each other and they're just like, oh my God. And I'm like, what, what? (laughs) And it's it's them talking about Switch stuff. So I'm like, I was like, I don't know. All right, I, I like. I have all. I actually, I don't have a Series X. I have a PS5, and I have three switches. So maybe I should just give you one of mine. <laughs> There's like two back behind me. You know what? Um, if you come to Pittsburgh, Telly, I'll just hook you up with one of my switches. I got three of them. You deserve one. So, um, all right, I'll trade. I'll try to trade you. All right, that's that sounds good. Um, so next up, I got three more here. Would you rather get a boat or a plane? Boat. A boat. Okay. I all like right. wa- I like water. I, I can water ski. I haven't done it in a long time, but I, I like water stuff. Okay. A boat is cool. Um, next up, would you rather get new socks or new underwear? I'd say new socks. Okay. Yeah, I won't I, I won't, won't have you expand. <laughs> <laughs> and then this is this is the last one in this invigorating segment that we're doing here. Um, aptly titled, what would you rather have as a gift this holiday season? This last one, would you rather get tickets to see Taylor Swift in concert? I'm sure you're aware of, uh, Ticketmaster breaking down and the era's Mm -hmm. tour that's coming up. So would you rather get Taylor Swift tickets? Maybe you already have them, or would you rather get tickets to see my chemical romance? Um, 
So this is a really hard question if you actually believe that. Um, I love both. Okay. I love Taylor Swift. Yeah, me too. Um, me too. And I also love My Chemical Romance. I've seen My Chemical Romance, so I think I would have to go join the Swifties. Yo! <laughs> All right, Taylor. I think we, I would have to. Hopefully, Kelly is I don't a have to pay like ten thousand dollars though, and I no. do not have Taylor Swift tickets because, yeah, there's no. I'm not. Uh, if I was in my Chemical Romance, I could afford to go see Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Telly is a Swifty. You heard it here first on <laughs> Spinning Thoughts. I appreciate you playing this little game with me here, Telly. And uh, for those listening, you know. Um, I'm sure, uh, I don't want to speak for you, Telly, but I'm sure just you going to a show or streaming some music or buying a CD, an album, whatever it is, that might be the gift that Telly's really looking for. But um, dog, record player, uh, microphone, switch, boat, socks, and Taylor Swift. There it is. Put it on your it list. Sounds like Telly a great Smith. Christmas. <laughs> it does. It really does. So, uh, you know, here we are, Telly. We're at the end of episode 235, and I've thoroughly enjoyed talking to you. Um, and so I, I want to just give you this moment here right at the end to, you know, add anything else, say anything else to the listeners of Spinning Thoughts, to the fans of The Word of Lives, or anything else that you want to leave us with here today. Uh, just, you know, be nice. It's it's free, and like the song Nocturnal Future is talking about, it's, it's kind of kind of dark times out there so stream the new song thank you for everyone who has been uh, you know whether it's sharing a song leaving a comment on youtube or instagram like it's the little things that cost nothing that you know maybe someone sees that comment and you're like you know what let me listen to this again and um so the power of words that we have as music fans i'm a music fan myself obviously um it's it's free and you can help any band you love um for free so uh, the power of word of mouth is very vital in 2022 and beyond. So thank you for everyone who's spreading the word. Telly, thank you so much for being here for episode 235 of Spinning Thoughts. I, I really did enjoy it and I appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you for having me. Once again, I want to thank Telly for being here for episode 235 of Spinning Thoughts. Go and listen to Nocturnal Future. And there's about a week or so left of them being on tour with From Ashes to New, if you could catch them. But if you miss this run, don't worry, because according to Telly, 2023 is going to be a massive year for the band. And he kind of slipped in there a little bit that for the fans that like to catch the band live, it's going to be a pretty epic year. Make sure you are showing us some love here at Spinning Thoughts. Our website is thespinningthoughts.com. We're on all social media at Spin Thoughts. And if you like this kind of content, give it a like. Make sure you're subscribed on whatever platform you get it at. Those are the things that really help us the most. We have some really exciting guests to wrap up the 2022 year. And just wait until you see some of the guests that I have planned for 2023. Also, don't miss our album of the year content on our website, thespinningthoughts.com. Me and a bunch of the contributors will break down our top 10 through one albums of 2022, and you will not want to miss it. Until then, make sure you share music, spread love. You found your home. Set it to the dark.